Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Maybe that's why Bluehost has been recommended by WordPress.org since 2005. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com wondersuite. That's bluehost.com wondersuite. You're in a good place now. You are listening to Perspectives with Ashley Burgess. Welcome back live to Live Your True Life Perspectives, and I'm your host, Ashley Burgess. On today's show, we'll be talking about the signs and symptoms of borderline personality disorder and how to understand those signs and symptoms and really how to recognize them. Many of us grew up with a family member we didn't even realize might have had signs and symptoms of BPD. We just tried to understand them and maybe we had difficulty connecting with them or understanding them or being understood by them. Many of us might be even married to or in a relationship with somebody that has BPD signs and symptoms or we ourselves might actually have those signs and symptoms as well. And understanding it is so important to be able to understand others as well as to understand ourselves. And ultimately that understanding is key to having that knowledge, and that knowledge is power. And it's interesting because when you think about these types of situations, you think about brain differences. And so I really want to start talking about that before we get into the signs and symptoms because I really want to establish the fact that we all have, you know, different types of brains. Our brains are not the same. It doesn't all act the same way, right? We don't all act the same way. We don't all have the same personality, You know, when you think about patterns of thinking and feeling and behaving, we're all unique in that own right. So we're all unique. And so no one acts the same way. And we have to understand that. You know, we might describe somebody as really outgoing or fun-loving or introverted. But again, those are descriptions for the personality, the elements of the personality. And because our personality is connected to our identity, you know, we have to understand that as well. And we can put into perspective personality disorders and might understand what that means. Because I think that when we hear personality disorder, we automatically think about a judgment of character or a personal flaw. But really what that means is just a different pattern of relating to the world about how we see the world differently, maybe not in its normal seeing of things, but what really is normal anyway. So the thing about it is, though, is understanding that when there's differences and when we see the world in different ways and we see things differently and we interpret things differently, that can sometimes cause problems in many areas of life, including our relationships, our work, our job, our career, and the feelings about others and ourselves. So it's really important to be able to understand this, recognize it, And realize that patterns can be changed and realize that we can make changes in our life and realize that we can work 
to deal with stress and we can work to improve interpersonal skills and we can also work to calm ourselves and to calm that emotional storm that we can feel when we're having situations and circumstances that make us feel that we're not in control. And so today's show is about understanding BPD, understanding the signs and symptoms and understanding where it comes from and how it looks. Um, So it's not a judgment call. What it is is just a discussion to understand and to better identify these types of situations because this can be very helpful and it can be very helpful for us to understand, but also we can communicate better, right? So that's the key is that if there is somebody in our life that has these signs and symptoms or us ourselves have these signs and symptoms, we can begin to understand, okay, this is why this is happening or this is why this person's acting like this or maybe this is why I said that. Maybe that's exactly why I said that is because of the fear that I'm having in my own life, the fear that I'm dealing with and where that's coming from. And we're able to actually understand, okay, this is why I did this or this is why I feel challenged when I'm dealing with this situation. So we're going to be talking about the nine symptoms of BPD and really understanding those and understanding what they look like. And, um, and how to acknowledge that. And then also, you know, looking at it from a different perspective, you know, if there is somebody in your life that, uh, that is dealing with this, how to understand where they're coming from and not to be triggered by some things that they do. And so we only have so much time in the radio show, but we're going to cover as much as we can. And I'm going to be as slow as I can as far as I'm not going to be talking at a 180 word count on today's show. I'm going to slow it down a little bit, but let's begin with talking about The first symptom of BPD that I find intrinsically important is the fear of abandonment. Okay, so there's the fear of abandonment that is, it's very, it's it's a hallmark of BPD. And it's about being scared, terrified of being left alone, being fearful of being abandoned. Um, You know, being left alone, it creates a lot of fear and anxiety. Um, You know, it could be something very simple as somebody getting home late that can trigger fear. Uh, It can be triggered when somebody is not responding back on text or calls. Um, You might get triggered, a person with BPD or yourself might be triggered with somebody not responding back. So let's say that somebody was supposed to text you or call you um, and you're texting them and they're not responding. It's been, you know, 20, 30 minutes. You continue to text. They're not responding again. It's been several hours. That can really trigger uh, the fight or flight within someone. And when that is triggered... It's almost like it cannot be shut off, right? Because when somebody's triggered to fear that abandonment, and we have that underlying current already, so underlining within ourselves, we already have this fear uh, of abandonment. And then someone does something to trigger that fear. And essentially that's what's happening, right? So when somebody's triggering something, uh, it, it's you know it's pushing that button, right? So if I have that fear of abandonment, and and somebody that I'm trying to get uh, get in touch with is not responding to me and continues to not respond to me. You know, one of the worst things you can see is if somebody's reading text messages, but they're not responding as well. Or if somebody feels like they've been blocked, that can be an, an increasing amount of fear. And at that point, it can go on, you know, mock 50, where the person is texting 100 million times trying to get this person's attention, calling, emailing, doing whatever possibly can to get in touch with this person. And, and what I found is that if you're experiencing this at some point now, if they're, if it's if it's in a situation where the person's really angry and mean and yelling and berating you, that's one thing. But if somebody's trying to get in touch with you, the best way to be able to slow this down and stop this is to respond. Okay, so understanding that if somebody's doing that, and I'm not saying that everybody always has a reason, and I'm not saying that we always have to 
um, you know, give in to somebody. But honestly, what I've realized is that if somebody does have a fear of abandonment, and it can be somebody that you're with romantically, um, or it can be a friend. I mean, think about this. A friend can also fear abandonment as well. Okay, they can fear that you're going to leave them. You're not going to be their friend. So, for example, if you have plans with a friend of yours, and you know, I'm just talking about platonic friend, um, and they're planning on going somewhere with you, and you know, the time is here, and, and y'all are supposed to meet, and you're not responding to them, they might continue to text. They might even pick up that phone. But, but also, there's a there's a courtesy factor too. We got to think about that. We have to think about following through and that sort of thing. But realizing that if somebody does have these tendencies. You know, not responding to them or not being timely um, when we say we're going to be somewhere is going to create this anxiety and this fear that is going to trigger them to maybe act out or do something that they really don't want to do. And maybe they might act rude or, you know, maybe they might start a fight even um, in retaliation as well. So things that you want to think about, things you want to think about. Um, and I'm not saying that we want to walk on eggshells and I'm not advocating that as well, but I'm just saying we do need to realize that if somebody does have that fear and that fear of abandonment is not just strict BPD. Now let's get that straight. People can fear, fear abandonment and they can be codependent. Okay. People can fear abandonment. There's lots of different levels that people can fear abandonment because if they've been abandoned before, if there's a historical record, if mom or dad left, if they had a spouse leave, um, multiple areas. Also, just, you know, that fear can just be resonating with them. It can just be there innately within inside of them. And so remember, this is not just for this is not just for someone that has signs and symptoms of BPD. So understanding that and recognizing when somebody is displaying those signs, they might be over texting, over calling, but you can slow that down and eliminate that. If you respond now, if somebody is getting out of control with that and calling you names or berating you, um, you will want to at some point in time, you know, cut that off. And I don't know if defending yourself is exactly what it is, more like just not allowing that type of communication to happen. Because I think when we allow someone to be angry, abusive, um, you know, we've probably allowed that before and being able to kind of look at that and reason with that. And that's something we really want to think about, you know, because we don't want to allow someone to be abusive, you know, even if it is mental abuse. And, and, and abuse is mental, emotional, physical, remember. So it's not just, abuse is not just about physical abuse. It can be mental and emotional. So, you know, really think about that too. What are you opening yourself up to? But I'm speaking in the tendency of, you know, hey, you had something that you had planned or someone's trying to get in touch with you and they can't get in touch with you. Uh, I recently had a client that was um, getting on a flight and, um, she had contacted her boyfriend and, you know, they had agreed that he was going to pick her up, but, you know, they hadn't talked that entire day and she was getting on the plane and, and she had called and he hadn't picked up the phone. There was no response. It texted, no response. And that can really push somebody over the edge when they're feeling like somebody's not going to follow through. But more than that, the fear of abandonment that that person's not going to be there for them. And so that causes great distress. So, understanding that there might be situations and it, it could be somewhere on the scale, right? It doesn't have to be extreme. It could be a, 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 a slight fear of abandonment to an extreme fear of abandonment. So, you know, just being aware of that can really put things into perspective. You know, another symptom uh, when we talk about BPD, because remember, we have to have lots of these symptoms. It can't just be one, two, or three symptoms, you know, to really consider somebody to say, oh, yeah, that you know, they have BPD. And again, I don't like to define people in general. I don't like to define us. It's not really fair. Somebody might have symptoms and signs of something, but does it make them XYZ? 
I really think we have to be really careful with that because I don't like to define people based on that. I think we need to define people based on their individuality and understand the fears and the, and, and the things that they have that's going on and then be able to see them you know, separately from this stuff, but also understanding why they do what they do. And that's what I think is so helpful is understanding the reasons for why we do what we do. And, and when we understand those reasons and we can see that in other people, that can be super, super helpful. So another indication, a symptom of BPD, is the concept of unstable relationships. You know, having unstable relationships, multiple unstable relationships, um, you know, and, and if you're looking at BPD in general, folks that have these signs and symptoms, you know, tend to have a short-lived relationship, but that short-lived relationship happens to be pretty intense. So they may fall in love very quickly, um, and, and, and unfortunately, though, more often than not, they do fall in love very quickly, but they can also be quickly disappointed. Um, and, and that's something to think about as well, because um, the relationship also is looked at by the person with BPD as either being one way or another. And usually it starts one way. And I'm not, I'm not always saying that the pedestal starts in the very beginning and starts really, really fast. But I'm saying that more often than not, in the beginning of a relationship, when you're dealing with someone with BPD, they're going to see the other person that you know as a perfect person. They're going to see them as a perfect person. They're going to see them perfect, and they're going to jump into that relationship very quickly. And it won't be until over time where they begin to see or they see things in that person that they're not happy with. And, and it's hard for them to see both sides of the equation. So they might love somebody and really care for them and have a relationship with them and have them on the pedestal. But then something might happen where they get very angry with that person um, they feel that that person's not right for them. They might, you know, start, you know, devaluing that person and devaluing the relationship. Um, and there might be some anger and hatred there too. So there's lots of different levels of what happens with the swing uh, of emotions when it comes to somebody in a relationship, um, that happens to have BPD. And so we have to look at that too. And so there's unstable relationships is because in the beginning it can start off quite quickly because of the way that they see that person where the person can do no wrong and this person is perfect. Um, and that's why it can be a whirlwind relationship. And we're going to talk more about that here in just a bit because we have a lot of stuff to identify. Because in these situations, when we're dealing with that in the beginning of a relationship, we have to understand that's the type of pathology that we have to work through. And that oftentimes that's something that's carried through relationship after relationship. So stay tuned. I'll be covering more of that, more of the symptoms of BPD and how to understand it and how to recognize it. Live Your True Life Perspectives with me, your host, Ashley Burgess. We'll be back in. I'll be back this time. I'll be back this time in two shakes. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step -step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, 
Our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Maybe that's why Bluehost has been recommended by WordPress.org since 2005. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Turn it up and jump in the deep end on Perspectives. Now, here's Ashley. Welcome back live to Live Your True Life Perspectives, and I'm your host, Ashley Burgess. On today's show, we're identifying the nine symptoms of BPD, how to understand it, and how to spot it. And many of us might be dealing with a family member or friend, and some of us might be dealing with ourselves and understanding, okay, wow, this makes sense. I'm understanding why I have made certain choices in my life and why certain things really really are uh, fearful or why I might have had several unstable relationships. But we have to look at these symptoms and we have to kind of group them together. So if you have one or two symptoms, it, it doesn't really make anything because we can all have various symptoms and, and thoughts. And like the fear of abandonment, like I was talking about before, can apply to many different people. It doesn't matter if you have BPD or not. It can apply to many different people. It can impl- even apply, you know, it can even be connected to even codependency, uh, that fear of being abandoned. Because a lot of times when we're codependent, right, we have a tendency of doing whatever we have to do to get along. We have that fear of uh, you know somebody leaving us, and so therefore we sometimes find ourselves in relationships that are not necessarily working for us. And so going back to where we were right before the break, as I was talking about unstable relationships and that valuation about valuing that person or devaluing that person, and, and I call it the pedestal, right? It's on the pedestal. You put that person on the pedestal in the beginning of the relationship because you, that person can do no wrong. And so they fall very quickly in love with that person. And they also, when we put somebody on the pedestal and there's a tendency of having BPD tendencies, one of the things about it, though, is we end up putting a lot of faith. uh, You know, somebody with BPD puts a lot of energy into that person, that other person, and they... They, you know, look toward that person to do various things for them. So that person becomes kind of their end-all, be-all, becomes their favorite person. And in that fact, it's like, you know, they can do no wrong. But over time, as that person might fall short by doing things, it ends up becoming very apparent and real to that person and over time can devalue that other person, find the faults in them, and, and, and basically pull them off that pedestal. And that's something to really think about as well. So if you're in a relationship right now where you feel like you were being treated like a king or queen and now not so much, um, you might want to also analyze if you're trying to get back on the pedestal because a lot of times when we're in these relationships, you know, subconsciously we like the way it feels when somebody really thinks that we're amazing. We like the way it feels when somebody has put us on that pedestal. And so we're trying to get back there subconsciously and don't even realize it. And in that process, we can begin to lose ourselves. So this is very interesting and things that we want to talk about and discuss because as we lose ourselves, that's the thing that we have to really think about. And that's how we get stuck, sucked into a certain relationship where we begin to lose our identity. We lose what we stand for because we've been given so much to that person. And why is that? Because we feel good about how that person's treating us. We want to get back there. And so if we've fallen from the pedestal, we don't really realize that consciously. Uh, We only realize it subconsciously, so we start doing things for that other person as much as we can to get back there. And so in that process, we may agree to things we don't want to agree to. We may uh, negotiate things we don't need to be negotiating. We may let go of all of our boundaries and have no boundaries in the relationship, again, losing more of our identity. 
there's a lot of different levels to that. So that unstable relationship. So, so far we talked about the fear of abandonment and unstable relationships. And, and I want to jump into, and we'll be talking more about this in the next segment as well, is an unclear and shifting self-image. And this is something that's very interesting um, when it comes to the signs and symptoms of this is understanding the shifting self-image and understanding how that self-image can be very unstable and how that works. So when I return, I'll be talking more about unclear and shifting self-image as well as impulsive and self-destructive behavior, because we're going to talk about that too, because we're going to really cover a lot today. And then in another show coming up, I'm going to really dive deep into each one of these so that we really understand it from every side and every angle, because that's what's so important is I'm going to bring out you know one piece and then we're going to look at it from every side. So we examine it from the part from somebody that's dealing with the BPD to somebody that's living with the person that would be and understanding how that impacts us on both sides and how that impacts how we feel, how it impacts our actions, and how that ultimately impacts the relationship. So stay tuned. Live your true life perspectives with your host, me, Ashley Burgess, will be back in. I'll be back this time in two shakes. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Maybe that's why Bluehost has been recommended by WordPress.org since 2005. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com wondersuite. That's bluehost.com wondersuite. Jake Busey, and you're listening to Perspectives with Ashley Burgess. Welcome back live to Live Your True Life Perspectives, and I'm your host, Ashley Burgess. On today's show, I'm identifying the nine symptoms of BPD, really understanding them. And we're going to get into deeper discussion throughout new shows here in the future with each symptom and really understanding each side of the coin to understand how it affects you if you have it, how it affects you if you're living with it, all these different things because this can be very helpful in understanding the dynamic, the family dynamic, the marriage dynamic, the friendship dynamic, and understanding what really is going on because knowledge is power. And right before the break, I was talking about unstable relationships. And, you know, oftentimes when somebody does have, you know, signs and symptoms of BPD, there are those unstable relationships because the relationship does begin intensely but it ends up, you know, fizzling out because of the pedestal phase and the devaluation and the idolization and how that impacts the relationship. 
from the very beginning because we're unable to see kind of the gray areas of somebody realizing that somebody can have really good points about them and can really be a decent person. But at the same time, um, they can also have other things that aren't really always perfect um, about them. And so, you know, looking at the concept of splitting um, with somebody that, that exhibits these signs, you know, so somebody can, you know, we're not able to see that there's like a middle ground Instead, we see somebody is always good or, you know, perfect or somebody that's horrible. Uh, we can't see that middle ground. And so that can definitely be problematic. So let's jump into the unclear and shifting self-image. And so uh, I had been talking a little bit about that. And when we're dealing with BPD, the sense of self can be a bit unstable, Um It can be a bit unstable. So sometimes you may feel good about yourself. Other times you don't. You may even view yourself as a horrible person. You may hate yourself. You may feel that yourself is evil. Uh, And so you've had a friend or a family member say that about themselves. This could be a telltale sign. Um, It's also really difficult to know what you want in life and who you are. So because of that, there's a tendency of... You know, changing jobs, changing friends, family, lovers, religion, whatever you can change. Not necessarily family, but the people you consider family, um, that type of thing. The things that you want to do in life, even sexual identity. So there's that unclear self-image that is very pertinent when it comes to this. And so, you know, having that unstable self-image also can create fear within oneself because it's scary to not really know who we are or what we want. And we might try to take on many different versions of that, but, you know, not really find the appropriate version because we're not really seeing ourselves clearly. And in that process, we have this confusion on our self-image. So somebody that you don't really know, you know, if you have a family member, a friend or your spouse, and they seem to waffle from, you know, things about them or they're constantly changing their clothing or their looks or their job or their friends you know this is a sign and and, and again all of this can be seen and all this can be observed and all this can be dealt with it's not the end of the world we just need to realize that we're doing it you know and we need to realize and understand what's happening sometimes if somebody in our family or our spouse is doing this, it could be overwhelming and trigger us to be upset. But if we begin to realize that it's based on this unclear um, and shifting self-image, maybe we begin to realize, okay, hold on a second. We need to really look at this in a deeper level um, and not get so triggered by it. Uh, Another symptom is that self-destructive behavior. So being extremely impulsive, um, engaging in, you know, thrill-seeking, engaging in risky behavior, engaging in, you know, unprotected sex, uh, drugs, alcohol. Um, it may it may make you feel better in the moment, but it turns around and bites you in the butt, right? So it may make you feel better in the moment, um, but you feel bad about your behavior. You begin to feel shame and guilt about your behavior. So it's a double-edged sword. It might help in the moment, but then turns around and creates havoc in our life. And so, if you're, you know, if you find yourself kind of going out and having this self-destructive behavior, um, this can be an indication. But again, remember, it has to be coupled with multiple uh, symptoms as well, because some of us might just, you know, act out on self-destructive behavior for many ways. And a lot of that is self-sabotaging behavior, right? Self-sabotaging behavior and self-sabotaging ourself. And that can happen with anybody. It doesn't matter. It can happen with anyone because many of us are dealing with self-sabotage. 
another indication of self-harm. So if somebody has suicidal behavior or is deliberately self-harming themselves, um, this is a big thing. And it could be something like cutting, um, even scratching yourself till you bleed with your nails. Um, it can also be having like, a, you know, an eating disorder where you're starving yourself. These can be um, versions of the self-harm, meaning, you know, you really are you you are really wanting to hurt yourself um and because you are so upset you're so angry um you feel you know lesser than and so there's multiple reasons why and so this is definite indication as well coupled with some of these other symptoms and signs another that i really want to talk about is the emotional swing so that unstable emotions the unstable moods and what i mean by that is in one moment you may feel extremely happy and joyful, and then the next not. Um, things that somebody else can deal with may be easier and, and less emotionally can put somebody with BPD in a tailspin. And the mood swings are intense, um, but they can also pass fairly quickly, but remember they can go back and forth. So if you're living with somebody that might exhibit some of these signs and symptoms, they might be going from hot to cold, cold to hot, black to white, white to black. Um, they could be very happy with you. A good example is, oh my gosh, you are the you are the best husband in the world. You are such a great provider. I wouldn't know what to do without you. You make my life possible to, I hate your guts. I can't stand you. Are you cheating on me? I know you're cheating with that woman at work. I know it. I know it. I can prove it. And that could be said within the same hour. Okay, it could be said in the same day. It could be said in the same 48 hours. It could be said in the same 10 minutes. So it depends on the speed of the emotional swing. And we'll talk more about that in an upcoming show because I want to take it piece by piece. But that emotional swing is very important to understand because that can actually make us feel like we're having whiplash. And it can also make us feel like there's some crazy making going on because if you're going from one extreme to the other where a person is telling you how amazing you are to the person is telling you what a horrible person you are, that can be very problematic not only for our psyche but also for our self-esteem. And it can cause a lot of havoc in our life. So if that's happening, we need to know that. We need to understand that this person is extremely going from, you know, this high pedestal to this devaluation on a constant basis. But it's also happening within their own minds, too, because they're putting themselves down as well. So there's a lot of things going on emotionally, and there's also a lot of projection going on. And that's something that we can identify as well. Another indication that I want to talk about are the feelings of emptiness. So there's chronic feelings of feeling empty. You know, oftentimes when somebody has BPD tendencies, they talk about feeling lonely, they feel about empty, there's a void that they feel. It's almost like something that cannot be taken care of. Um, they, you know, there's a tendency of feeling that there's nobody, they have nobody, there's nobody there for them, um, that they're alone. Um, and it makes them feel very uncomfortable. So they may try to fill that void with drugs, food, sex, whatever. But the problem is that that doesn't really satisfy them. And so that becomes the problem is that it doesn't really satisfy them to where they need to be at. And so in the process of not satisfying them, they continue to keep doing that, but they come up short and they keep feeling that there is nobody and there is nothing making it more and more stressful for them. And that becomes problematic. And so we have to deal with that. And this can be worked on. It can be worked on. We can work on these feelings of emptiness. We can work on this. This is definitely something we can work on, but it takes a lot of work and effort and time and energy and awareness 
to work on that because that feeling can push you to do a lot of things that you wouldn't do otherwise. That feeling of emptiness can push you to do things that you wouldn't do, things that are outside of things that you would ever want to do. And that can also lead to guilt and shame as well. So not only do you do something to try to fill the void, you do that, but then you feel guilt and shame on the back end of that. And that becomes even more critical for you. And then you do it again and you feel even worse about yourself. That leads into, you know, feeling bad about what you're doing and feeling bad about yourself. And that can lead to self-harm as well. Um, that can lead to, you know, really having an unclear self-image. Um, and then also I found, too, is that the more we try to fill the emptiness, um, the more the fear of abandonment kind of creeps in again as well. So some of the things that uh, folks are doing to try to fill that void actually creates more emptiness feeling, which kind of it's it's almost like it it's kind of a self fulfilling prophecy. And you know it's and I think it's part of the wheelhouse. So it's like okay, well this might make me feel better, but it doesn't. And so seeing that. Another indication that we need to talk about is explosive anger. Um, so, uh, so oftentimes uh, people that suffer with BPD have intense anger in a short temper um, and may have trouble controlling that. Sometimes it can be can completely consumed with rage and anger and it can be directed outward and it can be directed inward. And a lot of folks with this actually direct it inward, and they're so angry at themselves that it comes out in other ways to other people. Um, also, it could be directed the opposite way, where it's directed outward, and how the other person is evil or bad, um, but also that can be projection as well. So you see how the anger is internal, and the anger can be given to people outside of the person. It can be internally taken, but then it can also be, you know, dual in the fact that the person is, like, yelling or arguing or, or, or throwing things or being enraged. But yet that anger is not just about that other person. It's really also about themselves. And sometimes the anger can be more about the person um, themselves, and they're, and it's coming out. Um, and that can be hard to understand, too, because you're not really understanding that this person is super angry with themselves. They were super upset. They're angry about what's happening in their life. They're angry about what they're doing. And so this can come back and ricochet. But remember, there's also the collateral damage. So if this is happening and they're very upset about this, you could get hurt, yelled at, screamed at, because you're in the proximity of the situation that can create the problem. And so understanding that intense anger and understanding that situation is very, very important to being able to limit and lower that explosive anger itself. The, the last one that I want to talk about in today's show is feeling suspicious or out of touch with reality. So there can be that suspicion. Um, there can be that paranoid thoughts and behavior. So we can feel that everybody's out to get us. We can feel that everybody is out to hurt us to some degree. And this paranoia can feel very real. Uh, in the moment and you know it's interesting because you know then that in and of itself is one thing I mean we can feel suspicious or we can feel paranoid about a situation but you know coupled with multiple multiple symptoms is what we're talking about but you know I want to go in more in depth with each one of these symptoms but we don't have enough time but we will here on upcoming shows there's also some other situations and disorders that can also uh, co-occur as well. You know, you might be there might be depression issues, um, substance abuse, eating disorders, as well as anxiety disorders. And I talked a little bit about that as well because I feel like in the self-harm, you know, factor we have um, that type of 
substance abuse, which is part of that. Um, but I also feel that, you know, as far as uh, the eating disorders is something that can be controlled. I hear that a lot of people, you know, when you're dealing with these types of tendencies, BPD tendencies, the eating disorder is also co is, is, is there co-occurring. Um, but from what I've heard from, from most clients that are dealing with that is that this is something that they actually control, meaning that they can control their own eating disorder, even though they're controlling it when they eat or when they don't eat. And it gives them a feeling of control, but yet again, this is self-sabotage. This is self-harm in and of itself. It's it's self-harm. And so understanding that and analyzing that is super important to understand. So whether we're seeing that we have multiple symptoms of BPD or we're also or we're seeing that a family member, a friend, um, a coworker or a spouse or, you know, a significant other is dealing with this. And this can be extremely helpful in understanding how to communicate, but also better understanding of why these things are happening. I think that when we don't have the answers and we don't understand and we're questioning why something's happening, we get lost in what we should do. Like, what is our response factor? How should I act? How should I respond? You know, how should I respond in that situation? How should I act? You know, what should I step back? Should I should I comment? And a lot of times when these things are happening, and let's say that someone's acting out because of their fear of abandonment. Maybe somebody's acting out and self-destructive because of the impulsivity. Maybe somebody is emotionally mood-swinging, and that is creating havoc in our life. And it's triggering us to feel a certain way. In this situation now, we can understand better yet why this is happening. And if it's us ourselves that are doing it, understanding where this is coming from. Because all this can be worked with. All this can be helped. And there's lots of ways of coping through things. There's ways of improving our interpersonal skills. There's ways of actually working on ourselves to begin to acknowledge this and actually deal with distress and control impulsivity. So there's ways of doing with this as well and ways of working together. You know, if this is a close friend, family member, spouse, you know, there's ways of working together to make the situation work out even better and also allow everybody to understand one another and begin to grow and not be triggered in the process. When I return, I'm going to give you some more tips and tricks on things that you can do, um, some more awareness pieces, um, some more ahas, hopefully, to really help you to see things even more clearly. Stay tuned. Live your true life perspectives with me, your host, Ashley Burgess. We'll be back in. I'll be back this time. Well, I'll be back this time in two shakes. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI powered help bot, 
Our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Maybe that's why Bluehost has been recommended by WordPress.org since 2005. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Get in here. You're listening to Perspectives with Ashley Burgess. Welcome back live to Live Your True Life Perspectives, and I'm your host, Ashley Burgess. On today's show, we've been talking about the signs and symptoms of borderline personality disorder and how to understand them better. And remember, when I was talking about those signs and symptoms, there's many of those signs and symptoms that any of us can have, anybody can have. That fear of abandonment is, is very readily available to anyone. Um, you know, the self-sabotage piece uh, is very uh, relevant to anybody. And so there's a lot of these pieces that we can all, you know, have to some degree depends on, you know, kind of at what degree are we dealing with that. But remember, we have to at least have five of the symptoms um, of BPD to even consider having those signs and symptoms. And we really need to think about that. And it's not about diagnosing. I think it's about understanding. And yes, we need to know and have information. But, you know, you might not be able to diagnose a relative, a family member, friend, um, or spouse. But understanding and seeing some of that and maybe bringing that to light so that they can begin to get um, some help that they need and begin to talk to somebody so they can actually discuss how they're feeling. And that can be very helpful in and of itself. Um, So understanding those. And, you know, really one of the things that I definitely want to really, you know, express is that we can do many things to reduce any sort of negative vulnerability, which is avoiding drugs, things that are mood-altering drugs that we don't need to be taking, we can minimize stress. We can exercise regularly. We can work on meditation and relaxation techniques. We can get plenty of sleep. We can get a balanced and nutritious diet. There's a lot of things that we can do. Um, we can also be aware of the things that we're doing that we need to stop doing. You know, like the reckless sex, the dangerous driving, the binge drinking, the cutting, and seeing that because, you know, of that impulsivity and, and, that, and dealing with distress. Um and that's where, you know, when, when someone is feeling overwhelmed by difficult feelings, this is when we see this because we try to escape, right? We try to escape or control the situation with something else. And so we need to, we need to be moving from being out of control to trying to work to being in control in our day-to-day life and being able to manage our emotions and beginning with getting in touch with our emotions and staying calm and focusing even when we're in a situation that might be upsetting or overwhelming or emotional Um, And being able to really focus on concentrating on taking care of ourselves because we can feel out of touch, we can feel out of control, and those are the things that we don't want to feel. So we definitely want to gain control. And so ultimately, you know, I'll be doing more shows on this and really expand, expanding on these symptoms and signs and understanding. But if, you, if you're in a relationship with someone that has these signs and symptoms, if you're starting to see that you yourself have these signs and symptoms and you're starting to put together the pieces of the puzzle, it's time to begin to explore ways of dealing, ways of understanding, and ways of being able to open our mind and open our eyes to these emotions, calming ourselves down and understanding how to deal with basically the situations that take place. Because I believe that, you know, these symptoms and signs, um, to me, 
are, you know, kind of the way that we act out. It's the way that we're acting out based on the pathology. And so understanding why do I act out this way? What is making me fearful? Is there something that this other person's doing that I need to be aware is triggering me? Um, you know, and, and remembering, too, that, you know, somebody might be triggering us, but in the same half, we may also be triggering them. And so understanding that, you know, some of our actions and some of our, in, our inactions could be triggering them as well, understanding that and, and seeing kind of both sides to the equation. I also think that being able to be in relationships where there is communication is extremely valuable because when we're in a relationship where there is not good quality communication, we are unable to communicate clearly our feelings as well as to understand someone else's feelings. And, you know, one of the things, too, is just being able to ask questions of other people, not assuming things, because we don't want to just assume something or abruptly abruptly accept something because we're going to end up acting on those assumptions. So really getting clarified intentions with other people and also clarifying as much as we can our intentions, but also clarifying as much as we can with our emotions. If we feel a certain way, why am I feeling this way? If I'm wanting to go out and do this or I'm wanting to go out and binge drink, why am I feeling this way? If I'm feeling overwhelmed about this feeling of abandonment, why am I feeling abandoned? Why am I feeling this feeling? Where is it coming from? Is it is it happening in the situation or am I on def, you know, am I really on edge emotionally feeling as if this is going to happen, but it's it's not necessarily going to happen. So there's lots of different things that we can look at and see you know, am I taking this to the extreme and try to understand as best as we possibly can, but in the process being able to see ourselves more clearly just to understand what we're dealing with or help to understand what the other person's dealing with and begin to see how we all play a role in the situation. I hope this show has helped you. I'll be talking about more on this subject. I have other videos and content on this subject as well. Check out the YouTube channel. Go to Ashley Burgess, Ashley B-E-R-G-E-S, or Life Coach Ashley Burgess on YouTube as well. Stay tuned. We have a show coming up for you next week. Live your true life perspectives with your host, me, Ashley Burgess, will be back in. I'll be back this time. I'll be back this time in three shakes. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.